Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Eating less to lose weight or play better can lead to big problems for girls who play sports. In young female athletes, if they don't get enough calories to make up for what they burn during practice and games, they might miss their periods or have weak bones. This combination of poor diet periods that aren't regular and weak bones is called the female athlete triad. My guest today is Dr. Tara Blatnick. She's a Washington University pediatric sports medicine physician at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Blatnick. So tell us what is the female athlete triad? How does it come about and how long does it take to come about? So the female athlete triad, um, the definition of it has definitely changed, especially over the last 10 years. Um, Initially, it was um, the definition of it was amenorrhea, osteoporosis, and disordered eating. Um, And they found that really they needed sort of a wider, broader definition to really encompass everyone that has um, elements of the triad. And so now we look at it as menstrual function, bone mineral density, and energy availability to sort of more accurately represent the spectrum that we are looking at. Um, Any of these, and athletes can have any one of these um, things. So they could have one part of it. They may have just the menstrual dysfunction. They may have just issues with energy availability. So there really is a wide spectrum of things that we look for. It can happen over a short or long period of time. So is as the athletes start restricting eating, they can get the tumble down effect and have effects on these other things that we talked about, including the bone mineral density, and then their menstrual function will be affected as well. Who's the first person that would notice some of these things? Would it be a parent or a coach, or would it be the pediatrician at a well visit? I think a well-tuned-in parent will be the first person probably to recognize it. They may notice changes in eating habits of their young athlete, um, and that may sort of trigger them in that something has changed. Um, Although the pediatrician may notice it more um, when they're looking at weights and things, sort of more objective measures, at least at well visits or things like that. So what are some of the warning signs, the epidemiology of this particular situation, and what should pediatricians and parents be on the lookout for? So I think certain sports definitely put athletes at risk. So sports that emphasize leanness, things like ice skating, gymnastics, dance, um, those really are the high-risk group, although we also see it significantly in um, cross-country runners or distance runners as well. So if you have an athlete in those sort of groups, you need to really keep a closer watch on them. Um, I think the other thing to look for is if you're noticing changes in their eating habits, if they seem to be not eating as much, seem a bit concerned about what they are eating or um, the things that they're having um, at home, then that may be something that you need to sort of look for and sort of keep an eye on that weight and keep a closer watch on those girls. So do we know what causes the triad energy deficiency with or without the disordered eating? Do we know where this is really coming from? I mean, I think that, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to pressure in sports, I think, in general. So a lot of these girls are girls that strive to be perfect in the sports that they're in. Um, And being perfect, they often think, includes having a low weight, and they think that that low weight is going to help them perform better in their sport. Um, So they they start restricting their eating because they think it's going to make them better at what they do. Are there some long-term effects if a young girl does come up with this? The biggest effect really is on bone health. And so kids accrue most of their, or everyone accrues most of their um, bone mineral density in their adolescent and early 20s. Um, And so if they have issues with energy availability, their bone mineral density starts to go down. This can have significant long-term effects like osteoporosis as they get older. 
Um, there's also cardiovascular effects as well, too. So they think that um, there are effects within the vascular system of the triad. And so they may have higher risks of um, heart disease and things as they get older as well, too. Dr. Blatnick, speak about the main goal of treatment in young female athletes with the triad. I think really the main goal of treatment is changing their mindset about how they view their bodies and how they look at participation and performance in sports. They need to understand that thinner is not necessarily always better and that they will have things like fatigue and, um, you know, you really need to look at the immediate period. Kids don't tend to look forward. If you say you're going to get osteoporosis when you get older, they don't necessarily know what that means for them. But if you talk to them about their performance and how it's affecting their life currently, then that seems to have a bit more bearing on them. So speak about the multidisciplinary approach to treatment. Who might be involved if a pediatrician recognizes these symptoms and sends, you know, a female athlete to a specialist for treatment? Who might be involved in this type of treatment? I think the main players in this are psychology as well as uh, nutrition. Um, So meeting with a nutritionist is often helpful for these girls. They can find out what is sort of a healthy way to eat, but also a way to get in the calories that they need to meet the energy output that they're using for all of their sports. And sometimes some of them don't even know that they're not taking in enough calories. They may not be aware that they're expending so much and just not taking in enough. So meeting with nutrition can be helpful. And then I think psychologist is really the mainstay, um, is really the main person that's involved. So they really need to work on sort of changing the mindset of the athlete um, and teaching them to love and accept their body and accept the fact that they can perform well, even if they aren't necessarily five to 10 pounds lighter than what they want to be. Do you spot challenges in treating the young female athlete because making the initial diagnosis of the condition might be difficult as the athlete might not want to admit some of these things? Yeah, I mean, you do often find that there is a certain element of deception sometimes in these things. So they don't want to admit that they are restricting calories or that they do have issues with body image. And so it takes sort of a skillful either family member or pediatrician to sort of pick up on something that's changing. So looking at weights over time, looking at performance, looking at sleep patterns and things like that, they need to look for little tiny clues that might say that something's going on. And also taking a good menstrual history too, finding out if they're missing their periods, Um, or aren't having as many periods as they should have in a year, may be clue enough that something's going on. In summary, Dr. Blatnick, tell us what you'd like other pediatricians to know about recognizing issues with their female athletes or the female athlete triad. So I think really just having it in mind is important. So if you don't think about it, if it's not on your radar, then you're not going to recognize it. And so if you're seeing adolescent girl athletes, particularly those in sports that emphasize the leanness like gymnastics, ice skating, cross-country running, you know, each year when you see them for their well visit, you need to really look out and see, you know, is, how is their weight doing? Um, are they having regular periods? Um, and see if you can see something small. Because even if you see something small, say you send them to the dietitian, that may, that may help, just something small. And they may, they, they may want help. You know, they may not recognize that they need it, but they may actually want it. And what can a pediatrician expect from your team at St. Louis Children's Hospital when referring a patient to you? So we really try to provide comprehensive care for all pediatric and adolescent athletes. And so we try to provide them with not only um, services as far as injuries go, but also we're developing dietetic services, cardio services, um, all sort of aspects that go into a young athlete's life. And so we're trying to provide really comprehensive care for them. Thank you so much for being with us today. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357.
You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.